Wondery Plus subscribers can listen to Morbid early and ad-free. Join Wondery Plus in the Wondery app or on Apple Podcasts. You're listening to a Morbid Network podcast. Audible lets you enjoy all your audio entertainment in one app. You'll always find the best of what you love or even something new to discover. They offer an incredible selection of audiobooks across every single genre, from bestsellers and new releases to celebrity memoirs, mysteries, thrillers, which I'm super into lately, motivation, wellness, business, and even more. Audible's the destination for thrilling audio entertainment with highly anticipated new releases and next listen recommendations to habituate every type of thriller listener. Keep your heart rate up month after month with this pulse-pounding collection that you can't hear anywhere else. I actually just finished listening to, it's one of my favorite stories, but listening to it was even cooler. It was The House Across the Lake by Riley Sager. It's narrated by Bernadette Dunn, and I think they just have one of the best voices for an audiobook. As an Audible member, you can choose one title a month to keep from the entire catalog, including the latest bestsellers and new releases. New members can try Audible free for 30 days. Visit audible.com slash morbid or text morbid to 500-500. That's audible.com slash morbid or text morbid to 500-500 to try Audible free for 30 days. Audible.com slash morbid. Apple Card is the perfect cash back rewards credit card. Earn up to 3% daily cash back on every purchase every day. Then grow it at 4.50% annual percentage yield when you open a savings account with Apple Card. Visit apple.co card calculator to see how much you can earn. Apple Card subject to credit approval. Savings available to Apple Card owners subject to eligibility. Savings accounts provided by Goldman Sachs Bank USA member FDIC. Terms apply. Hey weirdos, my name is Ash. And I am Elena. And this is Mobbed. Whoa, it is. You're a stellar. It's hard to get out of. It is. And you know what, guys? This is a special holiday edition. It's the holiday season. But it's going to get real shitty in here. It's the shitty season. It's a massacre up in here. Not funny at all. Um, So before we start with the real brutal shit. Yay. Uh, let's talk about really quick. I and we're not getting sponsored by this, by the way. I just really love this movie, and I want everyone to watch it. Guys, on Netflix, their original holiday movie, Klaus. Go watch it. If you have kids, go watch it with kids. If you don't have kids, go watch it because it's great. I love recording, but I was just watching the beginning of it with your children, and I was kind of bummed that I couldn't finish the rest. It's so good. It looks cute. And the end will have you, like, crying happy tears. It's just, it's it's a nice movie, and I feel like we're gonna add it to our arsenal of, like, Christmas Vacation, Elf, The Santa Claus. Klaus. Those are every year that we have to watch them, and now Klaus is on top of it. And there I just want to spread the word, because it's real cute. I you love know? that. We're not getting anything out of this. I just want to be clear. This is not an ad. I just wanted to tell you. Netflix? Yeah. <laughs> Netflix? Sponsor us. But yeah. Um, so yeah, I just wanted to tell you guys that because this is going to be a real bummer of a case and you might as well have something to look forward to. Maybe go watch Klaus after this to get yeah. yourself back in the holiday spirit because this is definitely going to take you out of it. Um, the other thing I just wanted to mention was we are going to keep you guys updated on that crazy case that everybody's been sharing 
right now that um, Heidi Broussard, um, it's an awful, tragic case. She went missing in Texas. They just found her. Yeah, this is the, really sad. Yeah, in the trunk of her quote-unquote best, best friend's friend. car. They were supposedly best friends for like 20 years. What this woman, fuck? Megan Fieramuska, I think it is, was in the delivery room when she gave birth to her daughter, Margot. Margot, that's the cutest I know, isn't name. that adorable? Yeah. And such a cute baby, such a pretty girl, like, brand new mom. Yeah. Had a six-year-old boy, too. Mm-hmm. Went missing when she dropped him off. Um, and, yeah, she. so this Megan bitch is charged with murdering her and then taking Margot and pretending she was her baby. So she had some kind of psychotic thing going yeah, on. Yeah, there's some shit there. And the worst part about it is she was telling everybody that this is her new baby, Luna. Oh, I, I didn't know. know that part. I know, it gave me the heebs. And everybody um, was like, but wait, when were you pregnant? Well, and she pretended she was pregnant right alongside Heidi. Oh, it's one of those yeah. cases. Um, and yeah, so she basically, and she like assisted in the birth, like she was there oh, for it. That's always so fucked up like, when you, they assist in it. You watched this woman give birth to the, her child. You know she's a mother of two children and you took her away from your those children. You're mm, dis- I hate oh. that. And then I feel even worse because... Everybody was thinking that it was the uh, fiance. Oh, yeah. Because he gave, like, you know, the, the typical interview where you're kind of like side eyeing him, like, yeah, really? Mm-hmm. And I feel bad because, I mean, again, we nobody has been officially cleared or anything. We don't know the whole story. We don't know if anybody else, they did say someone else might have been involved. So mm. I'm not blaming him by any means. I'm, right now, he's innocent until mm-hmm. proven guilty. But I will say I feel bad that, like, I initially was like, oh, he did it, like, mm-hmm. immediately. So, joke's on me. You know, like, I'll eat my hat on that one if, if it turns You'll out. You'll eat your what? You've never heard that before? Did you say hard or hat? Hat. Oh, I thought you, say, you like, said. I'll, I'll eat my hat if that's not. No, I've yeah. heard that, but I thought you said heart, and I was like, okay, Boston. No, I won't eat my heart. Don't it sounded like it. you were like, I'll eat my hat out. I'll eat my hat. Uh, I was <laughs> no, like, damn. I'll do that, too, if I'm wrong. You know, I'll do I'll I'll my hat, I got my, my face if I'm wrong. But yeah, we'll keep you guys updated on that because I'm curious to see what happens. And it's just such a tragic story. And I feel so awful for her kids. I know. For Margot and her son and for her family. So that's just a real bummer. And RIP Heidi. And uh, fuck you, Megan. Uh, and yeah, so moving on from that, the one other thing we have before we dive into this case is some happy news. A little more uplifting news. Uh, we are going to be at the Gramercy Theater in New York on January 30th. Can't wait to see you there. That show is sold the fuck out. But we can't wait to see everybody who bought tickets. It's going to be Liddy. Then April 14th at the Punchline Comedy Club in Philadelphia. We'll see you there. Coming at you, Philly. I'm pretty sure there's still tickets available for Philly. I believe there is. So yes. go get them. Then, um, on the 15th, we will be at the DC Improv in Washington, DC. I'm also pretty sure there's still tickets for that. Yep, go get those tickets. We want to see our faces. We do. Then, we are playing an early show on May 7th at Zany's Nashville, uh, which is sold out. I, which I can't believe. That like, shocked guess my what? soul. Oh, yeah, that's fucking insane. But we added another fucking show because we love Nashville, baby. Even we though sure did. we've never been, we love you. <laughs> but we love you anyway. Uh, so we're going to be playing a late show there. So there are two shows. There are still tickets available for the second show. So go get it. Because the more shows we sell out, the more we can add. Let's do this. We're already working on some others. Hey, yo. Let's so, yeah. let. Um, the link is in our bio on Instagram. I'm also going to be posting it on our website so that it can be in one central location. 
Um, and we'll be sharing other updates on that. But without further ado, let's jump into this case, shall we? What beautiful Christmas story are you going to tell me today? So this is the Covino, the Covina, excuse me, Mm -hmm. Covina Christmas Eve massacre. That's so horrible. Like, it's already shitty to kill people, but you really got to do it on Christmas Eve? Yeah, and this is a real bummer of a case. So everybody get ready because it sucks. So excited. I'm going to a Christmas party after (laughs) this. Am I going to want to go to a Christmas party after this? It's the holiday season. (laughs) (laughs) So get ready. Uh, This centers around 45-year-old Bruce Jeffrey Pardo. Um, Bruce was the son of an engineer. When he grew up, he immediately showed that he was pretty adept at mathematics and he really liked it. Mm -hmm. So he himself became an engineer of sorts, which sounds like a nice story. It's not. Um, Don't be fooled. He graduated from John H. Francis Polytechnic High School in Sun Valley, California. And then he went on to uh, Cal State Northridge. And there he got a degree in computer science. So, so far, so good. He's on the right path, right? It always starts out that way. Always does. Um, He was a super, like, center of attention guy. Mm. He was big. He was goofy. He was loud. He was a Bundy. Yeah, exactly. Like, he wasn't, like, a super withdrawn guy like Jeffrey Dahmer or anything like that or, like, an Ed Kemper-y kind of guy. He was... He was out there. He liked being the center of attention. And in fact, at his Cal State graduation, according to a Los Angeles Times um, article that I wrote, that I wrote, I wrote for the Los Angeles Times. Whoa, yeah, crazy. Surprise. No, I read it. Um, He carried a life-size inflatable doll at his graduation. Why? Because he just thought it would be funny. Like, he was one of those guys. No, a jokester. Just a big old jokester. Sounds like, like, a frat guy. He kind of, yeah, he's like, he seems like the typical frat guy. I'm not hating on frat guys. I think you're funny. Don't add us. Sometimes. But he was, like, the typical frat guy, but then add on, like, that he also was uh, a murderer. So, oh. <laughs> so there's that differentiates him mm. from the typical frat guy. Yeah, I don't know typical murderous frat men. No. Um, he was frat also, men. and I'm not saying this differentiates him, I'm, I'm just adding this. He was very, he was brilliant. He was very brilliant. Many frat guys are brilliant. Let's be clear. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not saying that differentiates him. Um, so he ended up getting a job at the Jet Propulsion Laboratory in uh, Flint Ridge, I believe it is. Sorry if I'm saying it all wrong. Uh, but he became a software engineer, obviously. That makes sense after you get a job uh, degree in computer science. Um, he basically just kind of, like, fucked around at work. Like, he was not a good employee. Oh. He used his uh, brilliance and knowledge to hack the system there to look at his co-workers' salaries. Oh, that's not allowed. That's not allowed, and that's not cool, dude. Why do you care what everybody else is making? Well, it's like, fuck you. You don't need to see what I'm making. Like, damn. Just ask me. I'll tell you. Yeah, like, what a dick. Um, when he was there, he met a woman named Delilah. I could not find her last name because apparently now she is off living her life. She's married. She's She doesn't want to be associated with this. You know what I'm going to say. Hey there, Delilah. No. Oh. Delilah. You know that oh, radio okay. station at night? And no. she's like, oh my God. It's like this lady. I was thinking that. Hey there, Delilah. What's it like in New York City? People already fucking hate us, but I'm going <laughs> to no. explain. Delilah is like a radio show around here. And she's like, it's normally like late night and you like write into her and she's like, tell me all your love woes. Oh, I love that. If you want to send somebody a song, call in and it's Delilah. 
Oh, I love it. And I, love I also Delilah. I also loved what you just did there. She got like a real, sauce, like saucy body roll. Ash closed her eyes. She got all <laughs> into that. Because I love that. It's so comforting. I appreciated it. Anyways. Well, this is not the same Delilah. They say time waits for no one, and in my opinion, neither should Payday. To keep your money moving in the direction of your dreams, get Earnin'. Earnin' is the app that's helping millions of Americans to feel self-sufficient without falling into debt traps. It's an app that gives you access to your pay as you work, up to $100 per day or up to $750 per pay period. Just download the Earnin app and verify your paycheck, then access up to $100 a day as you work and leave an optional tip. Any money you access plus tips are automatically repaid in your next paycheck. I think Earnin is helpful in so many different ways. You could get ready for like a special night out, you know, Valentine's Day. I think it was on like a Tuesday. What if your payday's Friday? No worries if you have Earnin, you can pay for that Valentine's Day dinner. So download Earnin today, spelled E A R N I N, in the Google Play or Apple App Store. When you download the Earnin app, type in Morbid under podcast when you sign up. It'll really help the show. Morbid under podcast. Subject to your available earnings location, daily max, and pay period. See earnin.com slash TOS for details. Earnin is a financial technology company, not a bank. Bank products are issued by Evolve Bank and Trust, member FDIC. You can live out your MasterChef dreams when you find a professional on Angie to tackle your dream kitchen remodel. Connect with skilled professionals to get all your home projects done well. Inside to outside, repairs to renovations. Get started on the Angie app or visit Angie.com today. You can do this when you Angie that. They met in 1988. He was 24 years old. They got engaged. Uh, She ended up paying for the wedding and the honeymoon Why? from her savings. Isn't he a fucking software person? Yeah, but he was kind of just like a bum and an asshole so he just didn't pay for anything and he was like yeah you can just empty your savings to pay for this and she was like i'd be like i don't want to marry you yeah apparently you know love is love love is blind so june 17th 1989 was the wedding day they all waited and he never showed wait he stood her up at the altar no after she emptied her savings to pay for this oh it gets better weeks went by no one heard from him until he showed up one day and it came out that he withdrew the last $3,000 from Delilah's bank account. He took her money? Yep. And he went on a Palm Springs vacation and just blew it all. What a fucking asshole. No wonder she's like, bye. Like, right? I mean, there's, there's a lot more that she would want to disassociate from this dude that we'll hear about. Did she leave him like right then? Well, they never got married. He never showed up to the wedding. That's so that so was sad. it. So that was that. So this is just to show what a fucking asshole this dude is. Um, in 2001, he met a woman named Elena Lucano. Shut up, Elena. Yeah. That's it's your name. It's not spelled the same. Oh. It's like Elena, not mm. Elena, mm. but kind of the same. Um, they moved in together. Uh, they had a 13-month-old boy together. On New Year's, the child fell into the backyard swimming pool. Well, Bruce was supposed to be watching him. And he wasn't watching him. Bruce was watching TV. 
makes sense. First of all, I, I mean, shout out to all the parents out there or really anybody who's watched a child, especially mm-hmm. a 13-month-old. First of all, they're probably just starting to walk. Mm-hmm. So they're toddling around, falling into shit and picking stuff up off the floor, putting it into their mouth. You literally have to follow that kid everywhere they go. Yeah, you need like eyes like a hawk. For him to think that he can watch any television yeah good joke it's absurd elena's kids are like three and a half and we can't get through like a quarter of a show i have not john and i literally took i think two years to get through stranger things <laughs> we have yet to watch the second season of mind hunter because when the hell are we going to sit down and watch it right and it's like for him to sit there and watch tv long enough for this kid to wander outside first of all yeah how did your kid even get outside the fact that that happened is insane and then for him to fall into the swimming pool and you're just sitting there watching TV, what are you doing? Right. Like, you have one job, dude. Right. Like, I'm sorry. Is, have... the, is the kid okay? Well, he lived. Um, he So he's watching television. He was apparently, when they got home, he was a fucking mess and he was, like, cradling the child in his arms. Like, he was a mess. Um, he ended up sitting by his bedside in the hospital for, like, a week or two. Like, well, yeah, good. He sat vigil with him, like, really, like, stayed by his side. But then when it was revealed that he would have brain damage and be a paraplegic, oh no, Bruce split. Are you kidding me? Nope. So you did that and then you're going to abandon your kid? Yeah. And leave with and leave it up to the mother to take care. Obviously the mother, I mean, you're a mother of a child. You're, that would not be like, we'll leave this for you. You know what I mean? But, eh, you know, <laughs> you, you did this. Like, and also it's like, you are his father. Great. Like, this is supposed to be no matter what, you you are here. You, mm-hmm. you take care of your child, and especially when you're responsible for it. Never mind yeah. that. So, again, I mean... Not cool. Piece of shit. Absolute piece of shit. That poor little babe. I know. Um, I, and I mean, I guess he's thriving with his mother, you know what I mean? Well, like, that's good. It, but that sucks. Still. Like, that sucks. Because that of that your dad's fucking negligence. Yeah, and that kid is, like, suffering because of him. It yeah. sucks. Um, in 2008... Sylvia Pardo was 43 years old. She lived in Covino, California, just outside of Los Angeles, and worked as an administrative assistant. She was one of five children, and her siblings were James, Charles, Alicia, and Letitia. She ended up meeting Bruce and marrying him. Why? Unfortunately. Why? Um, Now, Sylvia, around 1988, she uh, was married to her first husband, and he was killed in a car accident. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, the couple did share two children together, and a few years later, she met a man named George Orza, and they eventually were married as well, and in 2002, they had a daughter together, so she had three kids. Okay. Um, they divorced soon after, and he moved to Oklahoma. hmm So she lost one husband to a car accident and then divorced. In 2004 is when Sylvia met Bruce Pardo. Which was just shitty. He was an aerospace software technician at the time. Um, they met through one of her brother-in-laws. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure which one. Uh, they married in ja- on January 29th, 2006, and almost immediately, shit went bad. Of course, because yeah. he's a deadbeat. Shit went real bad almost he's immediately. He's a degenerate. Um, he was super shifty. He was just an asshole. They fought about money a lot because he wanted a separate, like, secret bank account away from her. Uh, go fuck yourself. Yeah, so money became a real source of contention for them, like, right away. And the straw that broke the camel's back, however, was when Sylvia found out... He was cheating. Nope, that Bruce had fathered a son from a previous relationship. And abandoned him. And that the son had brain damage and Bruce had abandoned the poor child. But what she found out was that 
he was still claiming this child as a tax write-off. Are you kidding me? Now, he had not seen, spoken, or paid for this child at all. But he was claiming him on his taxes. But he was claiming him as a tax write-off. And when she found this out, she was like, you're gross. Yeah, that's horrific. And from what I saw, she found out from his own mother. Oh. Because Bruce Pardo's own mother was on Sylvia's side through all of this. Yeah, good. Yeah. Um, So she was like, you're a fucking monster. Mm -hmm. And she was right. They separated on March 7th, 2008. Um, Sylvia apparently asked, can I stay in the house for a little longer? Because she had a kindergartner. Right. Like a four-year-old. And she was like, can she finish kindergarten here and then I'll move out? Right. But I don't want to rip her out of kindergarten. Well, when she was out one day, he threw all her shit onto the driveway and was like, get out. Yeah, douchebag. Like, cool. Yeah, typical definitely, Bruce fashion. Yeah, typical fucking Bruce. You know what I'm fucking saying? Bruce. Fucking Bruce. Rest in distress because, spoiler alert, he's fucking dead. Bye, Bruce. She was like, don't break me down. Don't break Bruce. me down, Bruce. Um, so yeah, so he's a piece of shit. June 2008, he was ordered to pay Sylvia $1,785 a month in spousal support. Mm-hmm. Um, his first payment didn't go through, mm-hmm. like the check bounced. Makes sense. Cool. Not shocked. And then the second one, he just stopped payment on it. So Again. he just never paid her any money. Not shocked. Now, one month after that, he was fired from his job at ITT Electronic Systems for billing fraudulent hours, according to another LA Times kidding? article. Yeah, he's just an asshole in every sense of the word. In June, he bought a Sig Sauer... I, I don't know if I'm saying this right. Sig Sauer 9mm handgun. I have absolutely no idea. I apologize if I'm saying that wrong. You Anybody know who knows guns, let me know. You tried. And you know what? Every, every time I've been like, I don't know this about guns, someone help me. We always get like really helpful people that are like, I like guns and let me tell you about it. Yeah. And I appreciate that. Thank you. Because I don't know a lot about them. So thanks, guys. Um, in August, September, October, and November, he bought four more of those guns. So he really liked them. And he only spaced them out like that because the law says you need to wait 30 days between purchasing uh, this kind of gun. Mm -hmm. Um, On September 8th, he ordered the Santa Claus outfit that will come up soon. Uh Uh-huh. Yep. He ordered a Santa Claus outfit. Okay. He rented it from Jerry's Costumes, and it was a custom Santa Claus outfit, and he asked for extra space in it. Okay. You're going to see why. Oh, I don't want to. Yeah, it's not awesome. And when I say I don't want to, that doesn't mean stop telling the story because everybody gets upset and they say that they're like, Ash doesn't want to know the details. Why does she have a true crime podcast? I do want to know the details. It's a figure of speech. (laughs) Damn it. God damn it. Go off, sis. Sorry, guys. We've had a pretty salty week. (laughs) We've got a lot of shit this week. I don't know why. It must be like the moon or something. I don't know. Is Mercury in retrograde? Oh, wait. (laughs) Side note. The moon was fucking straight up orange the other night and I meant to text you. Maybe that's why. Yeah. That orange mood is casting a salty light on us. Um, So when, so then he ended up visiting his friend, I believe in September or October. He visited a friend in Iowa, Mm -hmm. a friend from high school, and um, he used their different laws in Iowa um, they have different laws on like how many bullets you can purchase at a time or how many bullets in a magazine you can have. Mm-hmm. Um, he used the difference in those laws from California to buy 16 handgun magazines that held 18 bullets each. So on December 18th, one week before Christmas, Sylvia and Bruce appeared in court before a judge. The divorce was finalized. 
Okay. So this was a week before Christmas. Okay. That's sad. What a it's, shitty time to get divorced. It is really shitty. And it's really shitty because this is really just awful timing altogether. Um, he ended up getting to keep the house. She got the couple's dog, which was a brown Akita named Saki. Saki. Um, he was ordered to pay her an additional $10,000. Shit. Yeah. I mean, she deserved it, man. I mean, they, like, order you to do that shit, but then, like, I feel like nine out of ten times you never see it. I know. That shit is always, like, it always gets held up and, like, Like, it sounds good, but then you're like, yeah, when am I going to fucking get $10,000 from Bruce? When is Bruce going to pay that up? Um, So Sylvia moved in with her parents for the time being at 1129 East Knollcrest Drive in West Covina. Oh, Sylvia, you're having a time, girl. I'm so sorry. This gets bad, guys, just to let you know. Uh, December 24th, 2008 mm-hmm. is where shit goes down. Christmas Eve. Christmas Eve. Sylvia's family gathered at the home of her parents. They did this every single year. 80-year-old Joseph and 70-year-old Alicia Ortega. Stop. The couple was married 53 years. Stop. Uh, they moved here from Mexico and they started an industrial painting company together called Industrial Powder Coating Inc., Oh my god, cuties. They had amassed a pretty great life together through just hard work. Yeah. Like, they were, like, the American dream. Yes. Um, When Joseph, and they said, I read this in an article, that when Joseph spotted Alicia in their hometown in Mexico, he was 23 years old and she was 17. He said he saw her and told his sister, I'm going to marry that girl. I'm going to leave because I have to go cry. Isn't it just, like, that's so beautiful. I love love. 53 years together. I hate to tell you this is not going to end well. Well, just 53, I'm assuming. Yeah, just 53. And it, like, hurts my heart because that's, they seem like such, this family, like, the Ortega family, I was reading about them, like, there's some articles I'll post, too, that go through, like, each family member and just, like, go through their life and stuff. All the great shit they did. And it just seemed like they were just this, like, wonderful, loving family. Oh, good. They really did. Like, they loved each other. It just, like, really bummed me out. Everyone loves a good family mystery, especially one with as many twists and turns as June's Journey. June's Journey is a hidden object mystery game with a captivating detective story, taking you back to the glamour of the 1920s with a diverse cast of characters. It is right up my alley. You can collect scraps of information to fill your photo album and learn more about each character as you go along playing. Play as June Parker and investigate beautifully detailed scenes of the 1920s whilst uncovering the mystery of her sister murder. With hundreds of mind-teasing puzzles, the next clue is always within reach. Chat and play with or against other players by joining a detective club. You'll even get the chance to play in a detective league to put your skills to the test. One of my favorite parts of the game was creating my own estate island. I thought that was so much fun, and I also love chatting with other players. Relax and lose yourself in this captivating quest of mystery, murder, and romance. Discover your inner detective when you download June's Journey for free today on iOS and Android. Achieving a gorgeous grin from home isn't a total mystery with BiteClear aligners. Just don't be surprised if all of your sleuthing friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. BiteClear aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. 
neighbors who had joined the family for other events and holidays because they were like all about having their neighbors over. Yes, the more the merrier. They said they were the sweetest, most loving family. Like oh everyone God. said that. In fact, a neighbor uh, named Mitzi Avery. Um, I want to be named <laughs> Mitzi. Mitzi. I know, that's a great name. Uh, she lived next door to them and she told the Los Angeles Times, quote, when you walked into a room, every one of the Ortega kids would get up and give you a kiss and a hug. They were the most respectful family I'd ever known. It all started with Joe and Alicia. I love that. So they just like taught their kids to be respectful. They just yes. loved each other. Just fuck, man. <laughs> fuck, fuck, Bruce man. Pardo. Fuck him, man. He's a degenerate. Oh, I'm so angry. This case makes me so angry. Uh, so this Christmas Eve, 2008, there were about 25 people attending the annual holiday shindig Aww, at their house. A big, a big soiree. Big soiree. So later, someone, um, sometime after 11 p.m., some of the family, including Joseph and Alicia Ortega, were playing a game of Texas Hold'em with some of their family, mainly like the siblings. Mm-hmm. Um, they were enjoyed that it was after they enjoyed a wonderful Christmas Eve dinner together, nice party. According to the LA Times, a lot of the grandchildren were kind of in the back of the house playing video games. Cute. And 17-year-old Michael Ortega was upstairs on the computer. Mm-hmm. Suddenly, there was a knock at the door. And they were like, come on in, it's Christmas. Well, this is when shit gets real, so just everybody hang on to your booties. Trigger warning? Yeah, kind of. Um, trigger warning for death. It's coming. So, when 8-year-old Katrina Yuzovpolsky peeked out the window she saw none other than santa claus no standing at the front door and he was carrying a giant nicely wrapped christmas present mm-hmm. obviously she's psyched as any fucking eight-year-old would be to see santa on christmas eve right standing outside their door with a christmas present right so she ran to the door like any child would and flung it open yelling santa oh my god now everybody it's bad because no sooner had she opened the door and saw Santa Claus standing there, Santa Claus shot her square in the face with a semi-automatic handgun. Uh. Yep. Oh. Shot this eight-year-old girl square in the face oh with a handgun. Oh my god! Now I'm gonna tell you right now, the girl lives. Okay, okay, okay. Thank I just want because I was that like, I want to leave now. Yeah, I just want to let everybody know, she lived, but like. Holy shit. Shot an eight-year-old in the face? What kind of fucking mom? Dressed as Santa, nonetheless? Dressed as Santa. What the fuck is wrong with you? Exactly. Now, hearing the commotion and the gunshot, the home just erupted into panic and chaos, Uh, obviously. Uh, Family members were diving under tables, under chairs. They were running everywhere. They were grabbing each other, trying to save each other. I mean, it's just pandemonium. Now, most of the adults were in, in the front of the home getting ready to leave. And as I said, most of the kids were in the back playing video games. Mm-hmm. This allowed most of the kids to escape. Okay, that's good. That's good, but it's but like, still. Now, during the chaos, apparently Charles Ortega, Sylvia's brother, recognized who Santa was. He yelled, it's Bruce, and was promptly shot and killed. Oh my god. Yes. Bruce Pardo was literally massacring his ex-wife's entire family along with her. Like, why, though? Now, family members who survived said they saw Charles and James Ortega, Sylvia's brothers, try to take Bruce down even after they had been shot. Oh, my God. They they said they got up pouring blood and tried to save their family. Oh, my God. But they were obviously overtaken. Jesus but they tried Christ. till the very end to, like, take this guy down for their family. Now, Joseph, Alicia, their three daughters, including Sylvia, 
hid under the dining room table, and were executed and killed where they hid. Oh, my God. The only survivor of the immediate family was the sister, Letitia. Oh, my God. Now, Letitia noticed that her daughter, Katrina, who was shot in the face, Mm -hmm. was stumbling out of the home at one point after being shot in the fucking face by Santa Claus. So she ran out after her. Right. Now, according to the LA Times, relatives that were present said that they thought that they saw Bruce Pardo, oh, this is so awful, lift up Katrina before putting her down and shooting her in the face. Relatives literally said they he came in, they said, some of them said, I saw him pick her up and then put her down and shoot her in the face. Like, why? Like, pick her up like Santa would pick you up. Yeah. So this girl was like, Santa! And then he puts her down and, boom, shoots her in the face. What the fuck? Again, she lives, but, like, holy shit. Now, after the shooting spree, Bruce Pardo was not done. Okay. Because he, remember, he had a gift in his hand. A wrapped gift. What was that? Well, he unwrapped his gift. And this is the one that made Katrina think that he had to be the real Santa. Uh Because he was showing up with a gift. The wrapped gift was a homemade flamethrower. Wait, what? Yup. A homemade, literally Bruce Pardo put together a homemade flamethrower. What even is that? It's like, it's exactly what it sounds like. No, I know what it is. And it's got, I'm just saying like, like, what the fuck? It had like two tanks on it, like fuel tanks and everything that he could literally just spray, basically spray fire. Yeah. And he unwrapped this gift and immediately started engulfing the entire home in flames. What the f- Like, why? Yep. Now, this is this sucks. Michael Ortega, the 17-year-old upstairs on the computer, he was killed in the fire. Oh, my God. He wasn't shot. He was killed in the fire. Oh, my God. Now, Letitia, who ran out after her daughter Katrina, called mm-hmm. 911 first at 11.27 p.m. to report that her daughter needed medical attention after being shot in the fucking face. She also told the dispatcher at 911, quote, his name is Bruce Pardo. She said she could still hear him shooting, and she ended the call by saying, please, I don't know who else is alive. Oh, I just got chills. And this is her whole family. Right. Like, this is her whole family. In the end, nine were dead. My God. He killed nine people in this family, either by gunshot or by the fire. Right. Now, Bruce Pardo had brought with him Four semi-automatic weapons and the homemade flamethrower. Right. Is that why he asked for extra room? Yep. In the suit to carry the guns? Because he carried all his shit in there. Now, some of the victims were shot execution style. Oh, my God. Like, he literally stood over these people hiding from him and shot them execution style. While they're cowering away from him. Right. This is so beyond psychotic. It's unreal. Now, the bodies were so badly burned that cause of death was hard to determine, like, whether they were shot or died from the fire. Um, So they ended up having to use dental records, not just for cause of death, but for ID purposes. Oh, that's so sad. Which is always always really fucked. Whenever Mm -hmm. they have to resort to dental records, it's like, woof. Um, Pardo's ex-wife, Sylvia Pardo, was 43. Her parents, Joseph Ortega, 80, and his wife, Alicia, 70. Her two brothers, James Ortega, 52, and Charles Ortega, 50. Their wives, Teresa, 51, and Sherry, 45. Sylvia Pardo's sister, Alicia Ortiz, 46, and her son, Michael Ortiz, 17, were oh all killed. Oh, God. Six, a 16-year-old that was there was shot in the back but survived. Ooh. A 20-year-old jumped from a second-story window and broke her ankle. 
And eight-year-old Katrina survived, but was obviously badly injured. Yeah. They said that um, she might have actually saved herself at the last second because she turned her head at the last second, and he shot her basically through the jaw. Oh, ow. Yeah. It took 80 firefighters 1.5 hours to get the resulting fire out of, under control. Holy they shit. Said, they said that flames were shooting up, like, 50 feet in the air. Like because this was, was he a, probably still in there, like, shooting? Oh, it, was a, it was just a flames? massive fire. I mean, oh my God. that flamethrower must have just caused Engulfed. the perfect atmosphere for an insane bonfire to happen. Um, now, Bruce had no priors. Right. And no previous record. Right. So this is just an insane jump. Why was he, like, so... Why, I, like, why was it this time? Like, I he's... have no idea. It's like... Because there's conflicting things where some friends said that he was really upset over the divorce, and then some said he seemed fine. Right. But all the time, people did say that he would say, like, she's taking me to the cleaners. She's trying... I think it was money. Yeah. I think he just didn't want to pay her any money. Probably. Now, after the massacre, Bruce changed out of his Santa suit. He changed into... Oh, he left? Oh, yeah, he left. Um, he put the flamethrower into his rental car because he rented a car a week before this because awesome. he knew what he was going to do. Yep. He drove 30 to 40 miles to the San Fernando Valley where his brother lived. He went inside his brother's home, sat on his couch, and killed himself on his brother's couch with a self-inflicted gunshot wound to the head. He still had his wedding ring on, according to an LA Times article. Uh-huh. Los Angeles County Coroner's Lieutenant Fred Corral said um, there was an exit wound at the top of his head, which meant that he probably put the gun in his mouth to right. kill himself. Oh, there's something so cryptic about that. It really, it's so like, blah. like it just oh, gives me the willies. Um, it was around 3.30 a.m. that his brother showed up to his own home and found his brother oh, that's dead on his couch. Just go fuck over one more fucking yes, person, Bruce. Exactly. Um, he, so the brother called the police after discovering him, obviously. Mm -hmm. Now, it's widely thought that he did not intend to kill himself initially. And I don't think he did either. Now, he had booked a plane ticket on Canadian Airlines to connect in Iowa mm -hmm. to go visit his friend again. And he had told his friend, the one that he went to visit, visit before. earlier and got the, the bullets when he was there, he told him he was going to come visit him. Mm -hmm. So he was ready to leave and he bought the plane ticket. Another reason it seems like he was likely forced into taking his own life is that later the autopsy showed that he had third-degree burns on his arms and sides and some of his legs. So he knew he wasn't going to get away with yeah. it. Yeah, and so, and it was so bad that the pants, the Santa um, pants, had actually melted into his skin. Good. So the, I think this is why he killed himself, because, like, escaping at that point is just not going to He just happen. wasn't going to. Because you're going to have to go to a doctor, a doctor. now. Like, you have third-degree burns. You might not even live. Right. Have you heard you can listen to your favorite gripping investigations ad-free? Good news. With Amazon Music, you have access to the largest catalog of ad-free top podcasts included with your Prime membership. To start listening, download the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash ad free true crime. That's amazon.com slash ad free true crime to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. Um, so they also found trace amounts of cocaine in his system, mm -hmm. indicating that he had probably taken some the evening of the massacre, mm -hmm. which makes a little sense. Um, they also found $17,000 in cash wrapped around his leg with saran wrap. 
Oh, he was so definitely not. He was going to run. Yeah. yeah. Um, investigators. Wait, did you say seventeen thousand? Seventeen thousand dollars in cash. Investigators found his rental car dumped a ways away from his brother's home, and it had all the evidence in it: the flamethrower, the guns, the two hundred pounds of ammo, the costume, um, the like the Santa costume, food, water, maps of Mexico and the U.S., a laptop, a desktop computer. Yeah, he definitely wasn't. It had extra clothing. I mean, he was ready to leave. Mm-hmm. The costume, when they found this car, was rigged, however. So it was rigged to ignite when you moved it. It would ignite, and then it would trigger the 200 pounds of ammunition to explode. Oh. And it did. His whole car lit on fire, but no one was hurt because they detonated it, like, safely. Right. But so this is what I think. He, He got the burns... He initially he was ready to get the fuck out of there. Yeah. Now he realizes he can't. Yeah. So now he's like, well, I'm gonna kill some more people on my way out because why the fuck not? So he sets that shit up now. To, Jesus. Because he's because he's an engineer. He's a smart guy. Mm-hmm. He knows. Unfortunately, if you set it up so that it ignites this ammunition, he probably had that as like a backup plan, and he was like, well, got to do it now. Luckily, he didn't kill anybody with that explosion because they were smart and detonated. Thank God. It. Safety. Um. At his home, they found four shotguns, more ammo, and more gas containers that he used to fuel the uh, flamethrower. It was later discovered that he was planning to kill um, his ex-wife Sylvia's um, divorce attorney. Oh, jeez. He was planning to go to his house afterwards and kill him. Oh, my God. Yep. And he was also planning to kill his own mother, Nancy Windsor. Oh, my God. That evening, he was going to go from their house to her because she was invited to the Christmas Eve party at the Ortegas. He thought she was going to be there. Yeah. He thought she was going to be there. But she felt ill that evening. And she decided not to go. Bruce resented her because she sympathized with Sylvia. In fact, apparently he was telling people at the divorce proceedings she would sit with Sylvia and her family. What a bad bitch. Right? She's just like, you're a piece of shit. I know Mm -hmm. it. Um, So, obviously, this was planned for a long time. I mean, he built the flamethrower. He bought the guns months ahead of time. Like, why are you buying that many guns? Mm -hmm. And it's like, you had to build that flamethrower. You can't just put that together in, like, a night. Right. No. You gotta get... He ordered that Santa suit pretty Mm -hmm. early. So, it's like, what the fuck were you trying to do? Nothing good. No. Nothing good. Um, Thirteen kids lost their parents on that oh Christmas Eve. Oh my god, Eve. that's so sad. Thirteen kids. They're going to remember Christmas Eve as the night they became essentially orphans. Oh my god. Can you imagine? No. Katrina was fucking traumatized. Yeah, can you imagine? Like, you're eight years old and Christmas is the most amazing thing. Like, you would be triggered every time you saw Santa Claus. Yeah. Which it's like Which is Christmas like, time. Right. You would see, like perfect example uh-huh. of this wonderful whimsical thing that happened that would be something that would trigger severe ptsd in this poor child we were driving down the street this morning and i had my twins in the back seat we drove down the center of our town and i don't know what the fuck was going on but we have like a very like magical center of town it's like it's a jaunty like, yeah it's area. very christmas it's very like hallmark movie um and on the side of the road on the sidewalk was a dude in full Santa gear. A very good Santa, too. Full Santa gear, walking down the road, just 
nothing in his hands, just walking down the road. Nobody else was around. It was so weird. And I just looked out the window and I was like, guys, it's Santa. It's Santa. And the girls like lost their I think shit. That's so cute. Like they were freaking out when we got home. They were like, I can't believe I just saw Santa. And I was like, yeah, guys, because he went behind a car afterwards and just kind of like disappeared and i was like oh he's gone he just wanted to show you that he was here and like magic he was here and he just wanted to put you on the nice list that's all and they were like so happy and then i'm thinking about poor katrina if she was in the back seat oh my god saw fucking santa walking down the street that poor girl would lose her damn mind probably yeah yeah. and it's like something that was so awesome for my kids or like any other kid that hasn't gone through something like that is literally a nightmare yeah. to this poor kid and it's like something that's so innocent and like well then so... even just for the rest of your life like you can never enjoy christmas no and it's like her mother Letitia, said she had to constantly remind her that that man was not the real santa claus oh my, God, my heart because this poor girl's probably sitting there being like santa claus did that Shot to me, me like she doesn't face. understand right, that you're that's, eight years old that this is a disgruntled ex-uncle of hers you know what right. i mean like but he, but her mother had to be like, that was not Santa. Like, I promise you that was not. Can you imagine? No. Having to like. Well, and then ugh. you're probably fucking terrified on Christmas Eve that Santa's coming to your house. Exactly. For the like, rest of ever. Because no matter what, it's like, she's going to be like, no, he's coming. Yeah. Like, they're going to celebrate Christmas again. Right. I, I would assume. I don't Maybe. know. Maybe they stopped. I don't know. But it oh, seems so like. Sad. It seems like her mother, Letitia, tried to like make it, uh, like keep a it happy. going and keep it a happy thing. But I'm sure she, that's probably terrifying every single year. You're thinking, like, what if it's well, that Santa? Well, like, my whole family was annihilated on this day, however many years ago, every year. Ugh, I, I can't even, your parents, all your siblings, your, and your nephew. And all those kids that got left without parents. Thirteen kids. I wonder how old everyone was. Thirteen kids. And not only lost to their parents, but were there when they're, and in the most brutal, horrific, just tragic way you can Jesus. imagine. And by somebody that you looked at as an uncle mm-hmm. at one point. You know what I mean? Like, that's that's so beyond. So, yeah. I just... I can't imagine how triggering Santa and Christmas is in general now. Yeah. I mean, you got shot in the face on Christmas by Santa, who then massacres your whole family and lights the crime scene ablaze with a fucking homemade flamethrower. The homemade flamethrower is like, what the fuck, dude? Just like, beyond. Yeah. Beyond. The whole... I mean, the whole fucking thing is like, what the fuck, dude? But... And for him to use his fucking... That brain... For this that way. evil. What a waste, man. Mm-hmm. Like, what a waste of a mind. It just... I hate when I see this shit when, like, serial killers or killers are brilliant. You're like, what a fucking waste. Because yeah. you could do some awesome shit in the world and you've mm-hmm. chosen to be this evil son of a bitch. And, and it, it really sucks. sucks that he killed himself. It really sucks that he killed himself because I want to... I would love to see this guy fucking rotting Rot. away. Yep. And the fact that he shot an eight-year-old in the face, the second that dude stepped in a prison, he would be, like enemy number one and i would love it yeah now pretty close after this whole massacre bruce pardo's mother nancy said she talked to the remaining members of the ortega family and they all assured her that they loved her and didn't blame her because i can't imagine you would probably be like you definitely blame me for that you know what i mean and i wouldn't blame you right and actually she told the la times quote i will say this to you it would have been so easy for that family to hate me And Sal was just so wonderful. He said, we love you and your family. I love them so much, and it's very hard this has happened. Like, she really felt, like, connected to this family, and it sucks. Like, that sucks. and, like, your kid did that. It's like, 
how do you even wrap your brain around that as a mother? Yeah. He fucked up so many people. Oh, and it's, I guess, um, Joseph had, um, a sister that was, um, that, that was, I mean, he was 80 years old, so an elderly sister yeah. who he often visited like a lot all the time. And he always, when he left, would tell the family, her family, take good care of my sister. Stop like he was it. just, this is that kind of family. They, I guess they didn't tell her. I don't know if they ever told her like what actually happened, oh, but they were like, they were like, she'll die. Like we cannot tell her what oh happened. My God, the the amount of lives he ruined with this, and yeah. it's it just rippled so far out in like this awful spider web of just shit. Um, but and then it and it just like goes to show how amazing this Ortega family was. That like this that his own mother was like so concerned that they'd hate her and that they didn't blame her yeah because no, it was clearly an amazing family because like she said it would have been so easy for them to blame her and i mean i can't say i wouldn't have some kind of like Resentment. fuck you for bringing this guy into the world you mm-hmm. know what i mean but it's not her fault no um now katrina just as a little update is thriving today oh that's good um she actively fights against gun violence uh the family also writes letters to other survivors of gun violence like the newtown yeah. Ma- uh, massacre they they wrote to all those the family members oh. and they tell them to stay strong and they're just like we're here as a shoulder to cry on and that like it gets better like i, I promise chills. i know i did too i got the chili willies um so that is the covina christmas eve massacre wow and bruce pardo is dead uh i hope he's getting um tortured wherever he is yeah same yeah um, so I hope yeah. they just like constantly like throw a flamethrower at him. Right. I hope he's just getting blasted with a flamethrower wherever like every he is. Four seconds. Yeah, and just constantly putting another Santa suit on him, and, and then just it. melting it into his flesh. Yeah. Then just putting another Santa suit on, and he's just got like five hundred layers of Santa suit just melted into his flesh right now. Yes. That's what I want for him. Correct. So, I believe it's happening, and I feel good about it. Me too. I'm I'm stoked. I love it. So, uh, happy holidays. That was horrible. (laughs) I know, it's awful. Uh, So, yeah, that was awful. And let's hope that everybody has a beautiful holiday that is absolutely nothing like this. Yeah, I hope our holiday is absolutely nothing like that. Yeah, and we'll be, maybe we'll be posting a few of our holiday shenanigans on Morbid. But uh, I'm going to be doing my mini episode this week as well. Uh, These are going to be back-to-back episodes, like, two days in a row because this has been a tough holiday season we've so. been doing that a lot lately anyways we have i think we're gonna get we're gonna change up the schedule a bit but we'll figure it out stay tuned yeah because i'm gonna be handing over the editing so hey uh but my mini is also gonna be holiday themed but not in a good way so awesome stay tuned for that so exciting yay well, if you do want to see our holiday shenanigans, you can follow us on Instagram at Morbid Podcast. Hit us up on Twitter, a Morbid Podcast. Join our Facebook group, Morbid colon a True Crime Podcast, and it's great in there, despite what some negative Nancys have to say. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Send us a Gmail, Morbid Podcast at Gmail dot com. Preferably not complaining. Yeah, don't do it. I'm kind of <laughs> getting sick of that. Check out our website, <laughs> MorbidPodcast dot com. Do we have anything else? No, I don't think so. Cool. We hope you keep listening. And we hope you keep it weird. weird. Definitely not doing one for this. No. I mean, don't keep it anywhere near this weird. Don't. Just don't even think of it. This isn't weird. This is fucked. Bye. Bye.
Follow Morbid on the Wondery app, Amazon Music, or wherever you get your podcasts. You can listen to episodes early and ad-free by joining Wondery Plus in the Wondery app or on Apple Podcasts. Before you go, tell us about yourself by completing a short survey at wondery.com survey.